It's time to listen to the Career Bitches with your hosts, Anne and Marcel, your resident career bitches, your Girls Friday for advice, amazingly useful and amusing banter for anything and almost everything related to your career. What? You don't have a career right now? You better keep listening, friend, because they cut through the bullshit, the workplace drama. Now give it up for these mamas, Anne and Marcel. Well, I would say happy Monday, Marcel, but um, it's kind of not that fucking happy this week. And um, yeah, we have we have some real real shit to bitch about uh for sure i agree um and it's something that i think we should all talk about openly and i hate when companies tell employees like i i believe i saw one very big one did not to talk about supreme court decisions or politics or religion or salaries and i think that's a big problem in the united states because of what's happening today yeah, I mean, like, let's just go back to the fundamentals of our country just for a second and pretend that those things still apply. I'm pretty sure free speech was kind of top of the list. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we should I think we should talk about the Supreme Court decision just for a moment, uh, if all of you will uh, bear with us, because as you may or may not be aware, the career bitches are in fact women who have had babies, both of us. Um, and it would have been very fucking scary to to not be able to get an abortion if we wanted one. Or hey, guess what? Sometimes you need one for your own health, um, and you know, for lots of lots of reasons, guys. Lots of reasons. So. We're pretty, um, we're pretty pissed off right now, um, as as all of you men listening should be as well. I don't know how many of you uh, male-oriented folks out there have ever found out that maybe a partner, a girlfriend, a wife um, is pregnant and, you know, maybe something went wrong. Maybe you weren't ready to be a daddy. Who knows? But how scary would it be for you guys? If you realize you were going to have to take care of a child, because guess what? Um, it doesn't happen all by itself. Takes two to tango, as they say. So uh, this this affects everybody, not just uh, not just the girls. And I could say a lot of things, but there are a lot of issues in our country that need dealing with, like healthcare, education poverty and the fact that the government has spent so much time uh, looking into restricting women's rights instead of focusing on those other issues upsets me to no end. Like the amount of resources and energy going to that over actually you know, serious issues that are impacting the future of our children and our country. Come on. What the fuck is up with that? So that's, I could say so many things, but when it comes down to it, that's what bothers me 
a great deal. And of course, the decision of itself. I also will just come out and say, I don't know how women can support laws that restrict other women from making a choice. It's about choice. It's not about politics. It's not about religion. It's about choice and health. Um, because, you know, what are the answers for what happens to the women who are facing life or death with an ectopic pregnancy or being told you have to carry this baby to term that's not alive inside you. Like there are so many issues that are unclear and the fact that you would have to travel to a different state is not acceptable. And it's crazy. And I mean, I'll put my lawyer hat on for a second and just say, um, it's also like so against precedent, you know, case law that has been the law of the land for decades. Um, you know, suddenly we get a new Supreme Court and, you know, you can just flip a switch and say, yeah, actually that long line of cases protecting a woman's right to choose. Yeah. It, we don't, we don't care about that anymore. Like, <laughs> any, any, I feel sorry for law students right now because con constitutional law is a, probably a shit show for everyone. Um, it's just, you know, all the rules are out the window and it's just a, it's just a fucking free for all. So I, I think, I don't know what else to say about that except, um, listeners, please, um, I would say vote, but at this point, not even sure if that matters, you know, maybe you, everyone needs to like figure out their plan B or their plan C. Make sure your passport is up to date. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. It's. It's just. It's really. It's really scary. Um, it is, and it feels like no matter how many actions you take or new people you get in Congress, or you know, it's just things aren't seeming to go. Uh, the progressive direction we're just rewinding and rewinding in our country and you know the things that right now that I only things I can feel like I can understand that could make a small difference would be to definitely write to congress people senators um, and representatives if you're in a state that does not currently protect women's rights reproductive rights um, which I am affiliated with, so I need to write to those in Virginia. Um, there are some states that already have those protections, and there's lists you can find online, um, specifically on NPR, I believe. But um, I will be doing that, but also uh, probably, of course, supporting organizations that help women no matter what state they're in. Gosh. But it's crazy that we even have to think about this. And I don't know what it says about the direction of our country, and it scares me. And I used to be a lot more proud of being an American. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And I, Martel, you and I both have daughters. And I kind of thought this shit was settled. Um, the fact that we're having to refight the fight that our, um, you know, our moms and, you know, other activists fought for us. And now, now we, we, we're going to do it again. 
I mean, <laughs> I, it's it's outrageous, and it's I think it's just unconscionable. Um, and I guess you know, I guess the career bitches have taken a stand. So, Supreme Court, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I I don't know what I don't know what else to I don't even I don't know if this will help. I don't know if protesting helps. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what needs to happen. Um, I feel like I'm kind of at a loss in terms of actions to take. I mean, I agree with you, Marcel, like at least writing your your representatives is something. Um, but I think something bigger is gonna have to happen or or, you know, you know, I heard something about how um, companies, like big companies are worried about, retention um, and being and hiring in states where abortion is now illegal. How are you going to get good people? Yeah, let's I mean, bringing this back to the career side of, you know, the business side, the, the capitalistic side of this argument. If we've got Amazon headquartered in a state that um, makes it illegal for women to have an abortion. How many women do you think are going to want to move, relocate to your headquarters uh, if, you know, essentially their rights are restricted? Um, That's a very I, good question. It, it's, I, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a big problem for some of these big companies that are you know, they're, we have all these big companies busy putting like diversity, equity, inclusion um, initiatives, you know, within their within their companies trying to address things like discrimination and inequity in, in hiring and in pay. Um, how the fuck does that work when the state that your company is headquartered in, like just totally wiped away um, my right? to decide to not be pregnant. I there there is such a there is such a confusion and uh just hypocrisy <laughs> happening just across the board and and Marcel and I you and I were talking about this before we started recording but I will just bring it up briefly. How do you talk about states, you know, states rights uh, an ability to decide and then overturn a New York state law that uh, restricts people from carrying concealed weapons. And then on the other hand, say, well, state New York, we don't we don't like your decision, so we're going to change it. But all of you states who want to make abortion illegal, you go right ahead. <laughs> I, you know, um, it is. It's a total hypocrisy. And one of the there's, I mean, there's a lot of memes and things I'm sure everybody's seeing out there. But, you know, one of the statements that just keeps sticking with me is, so you're not going to let someone make a choice. You're going to allow um, a child to be born that might have medical issues or be unwanted or some, someone not able to take care of them. But it's okay if they disappear at school and get killed. I mean, what kind of a court, what kind of a country allows that to happen? It's just, like you said, it's just mind boggling. It is so disgusting. Like, yeah, we'll let you be born, but we can't guarantee you won't be killed at recess. Okay. What the hell? 
That's fucked. I mean, if, if yeah. there is anything more fucked up than that, I would love to know. And I know like in other, I'm sure all, Martel, you have, you're in another country. I'm sure people um, who are not Americans are asking you, Marcel, what the fuck is going on in the U.S.? What's happening? It's it's like we're watching the country implode or explode. Definitely. I don't know. I, I don't know. I something's something has to change. Something has to change. Yes, I've heard people saying, you know, that they were planning and wanted to go to the U.S. either to live for a while or even permanently, and now they've rethought that decision. I've had people from many different countries, just even just with the gun issue, saying they don't understand what's happening. Um, and there's statistics from so many other countries around the world, both with about abortions, about guns, and how many <laughs> people have been saved as compared to the United States. I mean, it's like nobody values lives there. It's just, it's absolutely astonishing. These laws work in all these other countries, yet we've gone so far the other way that lives don't even seem to matter. So... Yeah, yeah, that's our bitch. That's our bitch, and um, it's yeah, it's kind of important, everyone. Kind of, kind of important. Um, so on a lighter note, (laughs) this week we were going to talk about, and we still will talk about communications, uh, and how we how we talk to each other. So it's kind of a good segue, um, because if you know, sometimes we talk to each other or speak to each other in words. Sometimes we we speak through um, our politics and our laws. So um, I know Marcel, we've somehow spent quite a bit of time on this in this season of the podcast talking about telephones, um, <laughs> and I don't know why it keeps coming up, but but maybe. And I was I was thinking about it. Maybe it has to do with you know when you're a kid, or at least when you were a kid. That was kind of the first way you were communicating with people outside of your inner circle that maybe weren't like right, you know, right in the same room with you. You pick up the phone. Like maybe you would call. I remember calling my dad at work sometimes um, because that was super fun. I don't know. It felt very grown up to do that. But um, but yeah, and now that's kind of not the case anymore. We communicate in lots of different ways. So. Yes. And that is where we come into our Call the Bitches uh, episode where we have questions from listeners that we're going to answer. And you can. You can give us a call and you can leave a message and you can let us know if you have a question for us for next season. But this will be our Call the Bitches for season one. Yay. Yeah, call us. We'll, We'll give you all kinds of advice. It doesn't have to be career related. We're happy to give you any any personal – if you want to ask us personal advice, we will happily give you an answer. I don't know if you want our answer, but we'll give, we'll give you one. You might not. <laughs> but you can call us at 703-705-2642. Is that and a real – that's a real number? Your question. That is our phone number. <laughs> I thought I should leave it here instead of just saying call because so many people think that they have to – schedule a phone call that always drives me nuts is when someone's like a friend says what 
time should we have a call? And I mean, I get it, but it's like, just call. And then if I can't talk, you know, we can talk another time. Or leave oh my God. Yes. All right. So I know my mom is going to listen to this, but I'm going to say it anyway. My parents do this. They say, well, I don't want to call in case you're busy. And I'm like, okay, but if I'm busy, I promise you I won't answer the phone. I just will. If I'm busy, I'll put it on silent. You're not going to bother me. It's okay. You can call. Telemarketers don't care. No. I yeah, know. They, they call it the old time. No, <laughs> mine does the exact same thing. I don't want to I mean, bother you. It's sweet. It is. Mom and dad, I love you. But you can you can leave a message or you can – if I don't pick up, it probably means I'm busy and I will call you back. That's how it works. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's jump right in. We've got some good questions. Yeah. So our first question is, I am qualified right now for UX design jobs. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that, that stands for user experience. So I've done lots of the duties, but not with formal title and not to the complete extent of a UX designer, but I do have a portfolio. I wanted to go for those jobs as well as web development, but for that, I need to develop more of my portfolio. So should I wait or just go for the UX design gigs? So that is a great question. In my experience, they are in high demand and it's hard to find a good UX designer or even someone familiar with it. So if you already have a portfolio, I would say you're in a really good position to go for those jobs. Does that make sense to you, Anne? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I see those jobs all the time, listed all the time. Um, I do think that for designers tend to be uh, kind of perfectionists. Um, and, you know, you may not, you know, I can, what I'm trying to say is I understand not, not wanting to apply for something with a less than perfect or a less than complete portfolio. But like you're saying, Marcel, there, there's just such a huge demand. I don't see a downside to submitting a, submitting a resume, submitting up the portfolio, portfolio that you have, especially if, you know, you're looking to make a, a move sooner rather than later. Um, you can always remember, you can always amend your application materials if you need to. So don't feel like everything needs to be absolutely perfect to throw your hat in the ring. If something pops up, that's super interesting to you. You can always say, I mean, look, remember the people on the other side of the computer are human beings. A lot of times, um, you can always say something like, look, um, I'm not 100% done with this, but I this opportunity is very exciting. I wanted to make sure that you saw my materials as soon as possible. You know, let me know if you have questions. It's something like that. Just open up the open up the door. If you don't send your resume, you're going to miss out on that opportunity. Um, and you just don't know if that particular thing is going to come up again soon or, you know, who knows. I just I think 
better to better to at least try than to miss out. I guess is my Absolutely. My, my ultimate advice. And you also have no way to know the variables you're dealing with on their end, so you don't know who else has applied or hasn't applied, what they're really looking for beyond the job description as those are vague. So you could miss, as Anne said, you could miss an opportunity if you don't just go for it now. Yeah. So fabulous. All right. So to question number two, um, we have someone who's worked as an art teacher for the past 20 years and I'm ready for a change. I'd like to do something in marketing, but I have zero experience beyond what I've taught myself and played around with as a hobby over the years. How can I get a foot in the door without the experience to back me up? Do I have to go back to school or get some kind of training to be taken seriously by potential employers? This is one of our favorite questions because we do this all the time, (laughs) which is to tell your story in a different way. So if you're saying you have done some things by teaching yourself, playing around with it as a hobby, you know, that could mean a lot of different things but you might be able to tell your story in a way that puts that marketing type experience front and center. You also might not be realizing as a teacher, an art teacher, as you say here, there might be things that you've done at work that might not have been part of your formal job description or the way you taught, right, uh, could be very much um related to marketing, right? Concepts or, you know, a a lesson or your lesson plans in general might have been focused that way. So if you can tell that marketing story through the lens of teaching, through the lens of your, you know, side projects over the years, that can work really well. Uh, The second thing I would say is if you don't feel that strong enough or confident in that is to start talking to people and, Find if you don't have the network for it, ask friends, ask colleagues. Do they have somebody they could introduce you to in the marketing field? Talk to them, see what they think. You know, are there other ideas they have of where you could be looking at for jobs? Or are there courses you could take even for free online? You know, what are some of those things you could do to help you? Or even just talking to people could land you with an opportunity if you just go in with the mindset of, I'm here to ask advice. I'm not trying to have someone give me a job immediately. I'm just looking for to hear about them and for their advice. Yeah. And, you know, remember, you don't need to have a degree for it to matter. You you can still be taken seriously if you have the experience and uh, the ability to do the job. Um, not everything has to be formal education um, like Marcel said, Marcel, like you said, you can take an online course and you don't have to, you don't have to call that out either. <laughs> you can just say you've had, you have experience in this area, you know, whatever it is. Um, even if you've done it on a volunteer basis, if you haven't been paid for it, doesn't matter. Um, all experience is valid experience. Um, and I think uh, we've, uh, at Career Ballet, we've been seeing more and more of that type of language in job descriptions and listings. So um, I think that's I think that's a positive change in terms of hiring that we're seeing companies start to value um, the actual work that you can do and not the piece of paper that says that you can do it. 
Excellent. So we've got one more question here uh, from a listener. And I think it's really applies to so many people out there in the wilderness. So that's going to be helpful. <laughs> I've been applying to jobs for several months and had zero responses. It feels like I'm dropping my resume into black holes. Oh my God. I've been reluctant to follow up or reach out to the jobs directly because they often say do not contact in some form or another. So I don't want to start off by showing myself to be someone who's not obeying instructions. But I've also read it can be good to directly contact hiring managers. Am I doing this wrong? Should I be reaching out to people more? And if so, who? Excellent question. Because we will always tell you to follow the instructions first and apply through the channels that they want you to. But after that, it's fair game. And if it's an opportunity you are very much interested in and you think is a great fit, then you should reach out to people. Um, I, you would say, do not contact HR representatives. You'll get a lot more, uh, I was going to say bang for your buck, but that doesn't <laughs> sound right here. Um, you'll get a lot more chance of a response and a good <laughs> response. If you contact whoever you think might be the boss, so like the hiring, meaning the person who's actually in charge of hiring for that position, who's going to make the final, final decision. So it's usually the boss for that particular job. And right. Whoever you would be reporting to, right? Thank who you. would be your supervisor? Yeah. Maybe reach out to that person. Is that That's what you're getting at, right, Marcel? Exactly. Thank yeah. you for rephrasing. <laughs> I'm find the words today. And at the same time, uh, you want to remember, kind of like we were just saying with the last question, don't look at it as I just want this person to look at my resume or I want this person to tell me if I'm a good fit for this job after I tell them about my experience. That's not what you want to do. That's too aggressive. What you want to do is really just reach out. You could be totally transparent and honest saying you've applied to the job. You know, what interests you so much about it? Very briefly who you are and uh, ask again, for advice or to learn about their career path, to learn about their company, right? It's like, again, the goal is to get to know someone. It's not to say, hey, get me this job or tell me if I'm good for this job. So yeah. it can be, it can work. And we've seen it happen so many times. So I can't recommend this enough. Right. You know, open up, open up the doors to communication just to bring this back to, you know, talking to one another, pick up the phone. Hey, you know what? You guys can pick up the phone. Why you can call. I have I have solved I will just tell this brief story because it's related and I like to have a captive audience as you all know. So, sometimes, you know, you get so used to writing emails and then, you know, you don't get a response and who knows look look I've seen my husband's email inbox and it has like literally like 6,000 emails sitting in there and it it gives me hives. I can't. So you don't know if someone, the person that you're sending your email to has that disaster of an inbox situation or not. Maybe it got buried. You know, maybe they accidentally archived. I mean, who knows? Tech, goblins, you know, anything weird could have happened. But if you pick up the phone – 
you can leave a message. And not only does that personalize the communication, because so many people don't do that anymore, you're going to stand out. No one fucking picks up the phone. Guys, pick up the phone. It still works. That technology is still real. It is. Phones work, even in different (laughs) countries. And you can call to another country. Like, I can call a U.S. phone number from my phone over the internet. So Mm -hmm. it works. It's not hard to do, even if you're in another country. But it's true. And actually... It's almost become, you know how people used to say, well, I got this job because I walked into their offices in New York and I went up to the 20th floor and I just said I wanted to meet with so-and-so, right, who's the hiring manager. And that's how I got my job because we had a five-minute conversation. Well, the same is true now of the phone. People are not used to getting phone calls. So if you pick up the phone, you are literally going to stand out, which sounds so stupid to say out loud, but it's true. And really, I when when you it's I think another part of that puzzle is being able to control the tone of your communication. So in email, we all know this tone in email can be very, very tricky. I think over the years, we've all gotten better at it with emojis have helped and, you know, um, strategic uh, exclamation points, etc. But um, when you're on the phone, it's a lot easier. I mean, I can say something really shitty to you, but if I say it in a nice way, um, you'll never, you, you'll be left wondering um, whether I was being, you'll probably think I was being nice if I do it right. So <laughs> just remember, it, the, the moral of the story is tone is a lot easier over the phone. Um, not a lot of people do it. Give it a try. Try it again. If you haven't done it in 20 years, it might be time to just Hey, pick up the phone. You too, mom. The phone is your friend. <laughs> the phone is your friend. We won't make ET jokes. I Yeah. All right. I think no, we're done we dating won't. ourselves. Yes, we are. <laughs> but speaking of, next week, we're going to talk about being kids when the phone was an actual thing. But instead of that and phones, we're going to talk about what we wanted to be when we grew up. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And next, next episode is our last episode of season one. So yeah, we thought it would be fun to just have a fun, lighthearted conversation. I promise we won't talk about abortions or or guns or um, anything else terrible. Just fun stuff, just fun stuff, guys. So we'll, um, Marcel, I look forward to a, a more lighthearted conversation next week. <laughs> Let's hope Bye. there's nothing else in between. Bye, y'all. Have a good week. <laughs> the Career Bitches are eternally grateful to our producer, Joe Tropea, at Hari Kaver Productions, based in beautiful Baltimore City, for his bullshit-free feedback and constant support. We would also like to thank Micro Kingdom for their musical genius and providing our theme music. You can check out more of their extra-cognitive spiritual magnetism at www.microkingdom.com. A new episode of Career Bitches drops every Monday morning to start your work week. And you can listen to us bitch on demand on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you find your podcasts.